0: You're listening to The Open Podcasts.
1: Fans, where would golf be without them?
2: Oh, and this is even better. Oh, listen to that roar!
1: It's a fantastic arena, and what a moment. That long birdie putt or spectacular hole out made all the more sweet when there's a crowd to roar in delight. Holy moly.
3: It's just so good.
1: But is there a greater sound in golf than the fans at the Open greeting the newest champion golfer of the year? To
4: look around and to hear the fans and them all rooting you on and it never gets old it really doesn't into the hole and colin morikawa
5: is the new open champion the 149th champion now stands arms aloft in the sunshine
1: my name's jonathan joseph and if you're thinking that sounds a little bit like dj spooney yes it's me Now, I couldn't wait for the 149th Open, but like the rest of the world, I had to, after its playing in 2020 was put on hold by an unprecedented global pandemic. Biding its time to host the championship for a 15th occasion was Royal St George's in Kent. And by Monday, the 12th of July, 2021, at last, the golfing world began to descend on the Garden of England.
6: Hey, I'm Matt Adams, I work for NBC and Golf Channel and I host the Fairways of Life show and I was at Royal St. George's for Open Radio. I expected that it would be emotional for everyone to be back on a Lynx golf course again. I think most people view the Open as the world's major championship. And the fact that we could be back on this grand stage again uh, with everything that was going on in and around the world was tremendous. It was interesting, too, that we were also coming off the loss of that football game uh, for England. So there was the kind of this very interesting
1: dynamic. Yes, thanks for the reminder. England had just lost in the final of the Euros at Wembley and on penalties. But with focus now shifting to another of the country's great sporting venues, anticipation was rising for the next big summer sporting occasion.
7: My name is John Martin, I'm from Hertfordshire in the UK, and I attended the 149th Open for all four days. Me and my friends try and go to the Open every year, so I've had the pleasure of going to watch it in Scotland, Ireland, England, which is class. Because we go all the time, it's something we look forward to every year. So the fact that we had to wait almost, you know, double the length to actually go, I couldn't hold the excitement. We were, were talking about it for months in advance, planning how we're going to get there. It was a, every little detail about how excited we were. It
1: was It was ridiculous. In amongst the 32,000 spectators each day, was a former player on the Ladies European Tour, now embarking on a new career.
8: Hi, my name is Incy Mehmet, and this was my first time working for the Open Radio at Royal St. George's and Sky. We had such a brilliant time. I think the biggest aspect was to have the fans back. You know, watching the tournaments and, I guess, witnessing that kind of quiet and eeriness, and, you know, the players just striding down the fairways on their own it almost felt like a practice round and it's the fans it's the noise it's the buzz it's the excitement it's the oohs and ahs that we love you know what one of the highlights of the open was probably talking to an alligator on day one one of the fans dressed up as a crocodile or something so that was quite a bizarre experience
9: nice to meet you how are you hi there yeah i'm good good a bit hot after that walk from the station but uh, I'll find a little swamp in a minute
1: and have a little cool down, I think. <laughs> the crocodile wasn't lying about the heat either. With temperatures predicted to hit 28 degrees centigrade by the final day, the week looks set to be very different to when Royal St. George's had last hosted the Open. Louis Oosthausen was the reigning champion in 2011 when his title defence was blown off course.
2: Oosthausen, fourth hole, second shot. Oh, that's going a touch left. Wet gloves, wet grips cold conditions.
0: 2011, the Saturday was horrendous weather in the morning and uh, I played I think a good round of golf and I shot 75. Um, it was coming down with rain sideways, the wind was blowing, it was it was really bad. And the afternoon the weather was fine.
1: Not the happiest of memories for the South African then, but it wouldn't take long this time round for him to find some love for the course.
0: Coming to the tournament play practice round and I'm like, I don't remember everything about it, but um, I sort of like it. I like the the challenges there was. I thought it was a really good, you know, golf course To If you're a good driver of the golf ball, you can really attack and and have a lot of opportunities. And, and, um, you know, that was sort of the strategy.
8: I played Royal St. George's maybe within the year of the Open. So pretty close. And The thing that stood out to me is, A, it's a really tough golf course, but nowhere near as tough as how they would have set it up, of course, for the Open. Uh, The rough was nowhere near as long. However, what I really struggled with was the lack of targets to aim at. Because of the way it's designed, you have quite a lot of blind tee shots, if not approach shots.
6: As Paul Eales, one of our broadcast partners and a winner on the European Tour in his own right said, a, an, an unmade duvet is the way he uh, phrased it. And it, it was a perfect uh, phrase uh, for Royal St.
1: George's. It's a quirky golf course. It's a different golf course. Having played the course myself, quirky is a word I definitely agree with, as would past winner returning to the Open that week, Jordan Spieth.
10: I thought it was quirky, but in a good way. I thought it was going to be a really fun Open. I had heard kind of it could depend on the bounces, like it was maybe going to be. The past opens have been kind of odd. The finishes, you had some, but you had some really tough conditions and then our conditions were really good. So it was a very different open from the previous couple at St. George's. And so looking at that forecast, I thought, you know, you kind of throw out those old ones out the window because we had a different wind direction and it was warmer and and it wasn't going to rain.
1: Another who surely liked what they saw in the week's forecast was Spieth's compatriot, Colin Morikawa. A winner of the PGA Championship on his debut the year before, his rise to the top of the game had been rapid. But here he was making his debut at another major championship and with the not-so-small task of discovering what the Open is all about.
4: I'd really never played Lynx Golf. Um, Lynx Golf was really new, I'd obviously heard a lot of things about it. I've seen it on TV, you see Open Championships being played all the time, but. You never actually played out here in the U S. You know, there's only a couple courses that are similar and I just never had a chance. And as, as an amateur, I never had a chance to play out there too much.
6: We tend as mortals to look at what they do and say, you know, it, it takes a certain degree of experience. It takes a certain degree of years. It takes a certain degree of shot options to understand the nuance that is links golf. Well, if, if you look back through the history of the game, a uh, Lynx golf didn't vex Jack Nicholas, who didn't grow up playing in, in Ohio at Seattle Country
11: Club. And he's done it right to the heart. Open
6: champion, Jack Nicholas. A uh, Lynx golf certainly didn't vex Tom Watson, who grew up in the St. Louis area. Yes, he has. The defending champion wins again. So Colin Morikawa who grew up in California probably in fairness had more exposure to harder fast windier conditions along the Pacific Ocean than most but it, to speak of he had really no experience with Lynx golf.
4: I had actually played the Scottish Open the week before so that, got, that gave me a little taste of what Lynx golf was actually going to be like um, it was not exactly the Lynx golf that you expect but it was at least a little warm up you know as a taster as an appetizer to what possibly Royal St. George's was gonna be. And, you know, I needed it. It uh, it actually made me learn a few things. It made me change some equipment things that I needed to before the Open had started. And um, it just made me aware of of certain, you know, aspects of of my game that I needed to bring for the Open.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Royal St. George's for the first day's play of the 149th Open. This is game number one on the tee from England, Richard Bland.
1: 725 days after Shane Lowry had tapped in to win the 148th Open Championship at Royal Portrush, Richard Bland, a fairy tale story in its own right in 2021, placed his ball on the first tee at Royal St George's and settled himself. Sounded sweet.
11: Crowd like it. And so the Open is officially underway.
7: The walk from the train station was about 30 minutes, but we didn't walk it, we ran it. So as soon as we got through those first gates, we were running to the first tee just to see who was teeing off. We didn't really look at what was around. We just went, right, we're going to the first tee. We're going to see as much
1: golf as we can. By mid morning, the place was buzzing and the atmosphere was getting hotter and hotter. On
6: Thursday morning, I was following DJ and Zal Torres, I was following Justin Rose and the amount of enthusiasm, the amount of excitement, the amount of passion, the amount of anticipation from the fans that not only surrounded the first tee, but also embraced that entire first hole was, you know, I I would liken it to probably the fever pitch of a Ryder Cup because everyone was so excited. Everyone had waited so long, maybe too long, for this to commence once again. So the entire
1: setting, the entire scene felt cathartic to me. Two groups ahead of Matt Adams was an absolute blockbuster of a trio. Defending champion Shane Lowry, US Open winner John Rahm, and a flying Louis Oosthuizen. Up
9: high into the sky, it's starting to turn on the wind, right onto the target. This could be very good. Spin. Delicious shot. No more than eight feet past the hole. What a shot no use tasting.
0: Those first few holes you can you, you can make a birdie or two, but it's 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 sort of a few holes you can you can easily make a bogey and sort of be one, two over through five holes. So that was sort of the, the plan not just to go through those holes and then and then see, you know, if you can have that stretch with a par five on seven and then you have shorter holes coming up in nine and ten and and sort of see what you can do from there.
9: This is the birdie putt. a Little bit from his right, sends it on its way, and
6: he's just hole another one. Four under par, Louis Ustazen on the march. He is not a big human being, but because his swing is so efficient, so beautiful, so balanced, he's able to get great performance out of it. Uh, I think in some way, Louis Tazen is one of those golfers that I look upon him a bit as an artist, I mean, I suppose in some sense, these, these athletes are all artists, but when he has that left side of his brain working and he just lets it flow, it looks so easy. This is for
9: Birdie, probably just inside right. Very nice. Lovely Birdie for the 2010 champion this season, and he joins the league.
0: I felt like I rolled it well going into the week. I put it really nicely and that... I just need to give myself the opportunities, get myself in the fairway, get on the green and and just give myself some look at birdies and definitely started rolling a few in on that um, later or the second half of that 18. He's robbed the
9: grip, the magic touch, back and through, 64th shot and it's gone in. What a round of golf from Louis Eustazen. 64 blows a Royal St George's. He takes off his cap. The big crowd around this wraparound stadium are giving him
1: warm applause because they know as a former Open champion, he's just performed at the top of his powers. Four birdies on the back nine would propel Louis to a championship-leading opening round of 64. One shot ahead of American duo Brian Harmon and Jordan Spieth. The going hadn't been quite as good for Hazen's playing partners, Lowry and Rahm. One over par for both on Thursday, seven shots down on Louis and looking a long way off a championship challenge. One man who could be very happy with his start, though, was Lynx rookie, Colin Morikawa.
2: Oh, Colin Morikawa holds a snake. Beautiful birdie and eight.
4: By the time that afternoon round showed up that first day, uh, it got a little windier. So, you know, a couple under, even par, was going to be a good score if you just kept yourself in it. You know, everyone always says, uh, you can't win a tournament on Thursday, but you can definitely lose it. So, you know, shooting a few under was huge. Got one. Go on. Yes, beautiful. You know, it all started with that first hole. I drove in the right rough. I thought I practiced in the rough the entire week. Hit it about 90 degrees left of my left leg, all the way across the fairway. Had another wedge out of the long rough, and somehow was able to manage a par. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that just brought the momentum for the rest of the week.
1: A solid 67 for Morikawa, a cause for celebration. As was the same score for a man who had to fight harder than most to be at Royal St. George's that week. Birthday Boy and my friend Marcel Seem. I don't know why they they knew it, but a few guys uh, in the the crowd, they were shouting
3: over, congrats, Marcel, happy birthday and stuff.
1: The German had lost his European Tour status back in 2018, and in the run-up to the Open, faced a 13-week slog of consecutive tournaments, only sealing his place at the last possible chance with a Challenge Tour win in France the week before.
11: Team at 16, two under. Stay there. Stay there. Good first round for the German, asking it to stay there. There's a bunker not far away, out of the picture to the right, but a brilliant shot from Marcel Seem, and he is just enjoying life.
3: I was really tired. I mean, I drove uh, back to Germany from France, and then uh, to England to Sandwich, and um, because that was my thirteenth week, and week nine, I was already tired as well. I mean, the buzz was so big that, that I actually forgot that I played so many weeks in a row because it was, it was so exciting and uh, people were congratulating me for the win in, in France. So that, that
1: lifted me up and gave me definitely more energy. Energy was certainly not something Marcel would lack that week. His fist pump tally was off the charts. And during Friday's second round, he would ramp up the feel-good factor even more.
2: He won similar, length on the sixth oh, and a big fist pump to follow. Oh, he's made another one.
3: <laughs> 14, there was a grandstand on the left, and sometimes on television you don't really hear the crowds applauding. Uh, and um, I hit the shot, and it was really bright. We didn't really see how close the ball was. I, I saw. I hit a great shot. I knew it's, it's, it's going towards the flag, but I didn't know it was that close. And uh, closer the ball got to the flag, the louder the crowds uh, became.
8: He's found the green at the par five. Has he ever?
1: It's working. Four under for Seam and a great chance at Eagle there, but just missed out. Two more birdies on 17 and 18 took Seam right into the mix at six under and confirmed him as the week's entertainer in chief.
9: this goes in, it'll be another great reaction. Yeah, this pumping. There you go.
8: It's just so good. <laughs> I
3: think all the tournaments I, 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 I played well, I was always interacting with the, with the crowds. The crowds are there to to watch us and I think it's it's just fair to them as well to make them part of, of, of the game as well in a way. Is it gonna get there? It is.
11: <laughs> We've seen that fist pump from Seam in the years past. It's back. What a finish. Three under in the last five holes. Tied for second, six under par. Just a fantastic feel good story.
7: You start to feel his emotions with him and it's, it's wicked just to be a part of his open journey. So, you know, watching him for a few holes, fist pumping, going crazy. It, like, not only does it get him going, but it gets you going as well. So, definitely makes your day a lot more enjoyable. It, it's great watching on TV, but using Marcel as an example, all pumped up and motivated, it's just a
1: completely different ball game. Giving off a slightly different vibe, but equally entertaining throughout Friday's second round was Jordan Spieth.
6: With Jordan... There's always this sense that somewhere, somehow within, he's fighting some kind of demon, that, that there's voices in his head that are arguing back and forth. And you can see it with his constant chatter, whether that chatter is to Michael Greller, his, his caddy, or whether at times that chatter is just mumbling to himself. This is it then. Jordan Spieth, the open champion with one of
1: the most stunning last It's fair to say it's been somewhat of a rough ride for the Texans since his Open Championship win at Royal Birkdale in 2017. It would take him until April of 2021 to win another golf tournament. And despite some near misses in all four majors since, questions were still being asked. (laughs)
6: Thank you. Jordan's strength primarily was in his ball striking, meaning that coming into the green from the fairway, Jordan was for years ranked in the top five and oftentimes number one. Those stats fell off dramatically. We could go through a whole line of theories as to why it dropped off, but I think it was just the flow and ebb of the, of the game over the course of a career, over the course of seasons, and I just think it was confidence. Right to left here, down the slope, sets into the
5: putt doesn't mess around, there's one last look, hands forward, ball's on his way, traveling beautifully towards those, gonna stay there. Is gonna stay there, and it does, and Jordan Spieth drops another birdie here, he's birdied three of the first four holes, Jordan Spieth
1: is really hot out here today. It was clear this was a confident Spieth, the man he was chasing, the leader in the clubhouse by the time he'd set off, also had a rapid start. The putt on its
8: way, and into the cup it goes, what a start. Morikawa, with a statement birdie, he moves to four under par after the first.
1: Morikawa's masterful iron play would come to the fore in his second round, typified by his second shot on the treacherous fifth hole.
6: It has these massive dunes in the middle of it that blinds most of of the golfers on their approach shot to a green that's set down low and hard by the
2: sea. Perfect layup onto the upper left plateau
6: and I watched him with the wind coming at him into his face slightly off the right flight a shot low around the dune that kept it maybe 30 feet off the ground and he played it slightly from right to left and caught the green on the on the right side and it released to the left to where the flag was it was an absolutely brilliant shot an impressive shot
9: oh and then you do that even there, you can only see the top of the flag Yeah two excellent shots into the pile four fifth. so Morikawa will have a chance to pull within one.
2: He even got a waft of sunshine came out as he hit that putt. A-, a waft. <laughs>
8: to five under par goes Morikawa.
4: As you start to build momentum, you know, you, you have a lot of short irons, you have some mid-irons in, and those are my strengths. You know, I was able to find fairways, I was able to capitalize on, on good shots and lucky bounces. When you're just kind of in that rhythm, you follow that rhythm and you keep it going, And And thankfully, we were able to post a low number uh, Friday morning.
0: And that's uh, back-to-back birdies at eight
2: and nine. Back-to-back birdies now at 11 and 12. And Morikawa is uh, six under par.
7: When Morikawa had his uh, wonder round, you could see it on live updates on the application, so we quickly dipped to a few different holes. When you're watching people, you can hear what everyone's saying, and the whole crowd, when they hit it, just goes, wow. So it's it's kind of,
1: you know, just the way he... He plays around the course, it's just so calm, collected, and everything's controlled. It was a mightily impressive 64 from Morikawa, matched only that day by Argentina's Emiliano Grio. and after the disappointment of Thursday, a resurgent John Rahm.
11: For a birdie to get to level par,
10: he does. I made some putts early on, and I think that was that was the key. Just making par on five with, with how the hole went, and then making birdies on six and seven really got me going. I got some confidence, and and I played really good golf from those last 14 holes.
2: Holy moly. And it's much more like John Rahman finished birdie birdie, isn't it, to win the US Open.
6: We have all seen him mature right before our eyes. He still has that Spanish passion, there is no doubt about that, but he has learned to channel, a call it rage, uh, passion if you want to, uh, but he has learned to channel it. When he's angry at a situation, he comes out and he'll fire more often than not than you would think. A birdie on the very next hole. That is John Rahm. He's an explosive player, and I mean that in every context.
1: Explosive isn't a word you'd use to describe one of Rahm's playing partners that day. Friday was another round of calm, controlled excellence from Louis Oosthazen.
2: Just 13 on. 5 off the right on this par five fourteenth. That's It's on its way, it's on its way, and
5: yes! In it goes! Well, my goodness me, an eagle putt. This is magical stuff, isn't it?
1: A bogey on the par three sixteenth would be the only blot and an otherwise exceptional scorecard of 5-under for the South African. With his 6-under from the day before, Oos had now set a new open record of 129 through 36 holes and now held a two-shot lead over Morikawa.
0: You don't really want to reflect at that time, maybe afterwards you'll you'll do a bit, but you want to focus on the next two rounds and don't think of a lead and don't think of all that stuff. You want to just go on and play the best golf you can on the
1: weekend. As well as live leaderboards, tee times, video and radio during the Open Championship,
8: You can enjoy historical and new content every day of the year with the Open app. Download for free on iPhone or Android. With live coverage of the
1: 149th Open Championship from Royal St George's, this is the Open Radio
8: just located in the Tented Village just by the big Open logo and I'm here with a young couple. First time at the Open. Just tell us your names and where you're from. Uh, I'm Tom
7: and I'm from near Oxford. And
8: Yeah, I'm Amy and I live with him. <laughs> I was lucky enough to speak to so many spectators and fans but one of the guys at the top of my list was definitely Niall Horan. What brings you here to the 149th Open? Uh,
7: The love of golf, and then followed by having three players from Modest Golf playing in the Open this week, Um, and just, I mean, who does want to come to an Open Championship?
8: You know, Niall is such a down-to-earth, cool, lovely, approachable human being, and to have his input and passion towards the game of golf, and even just being there at the Open, was Absolutely massive. In terms of playing the golf course, have you had a chance to give a knock yourself?
7: Here, or, yeah. or around Royal St George's. Yeah. No, I've actually not. Uh, you know, to be honest, I haven't played that many of the of the the open the open run. I would love to. I know. I honestly. <laughs> Shocking. I know. I would absolutely love to. And seeing it this week, oh, Jesus, I don't know if my uh, my driver has the ability to get me around here pretty easy. Because uh, <laughs> you miss the fairway here, you're in big trouble. <laughs>
1: come Saturday's third round, it wouldn't just be the rough that would be giving the players nightmares. With favourable conditions set to continue, the course needed some protection and some challenging pins would pose a new test to the open field.
10: I mean, I've played a few opens now, but today could be as a whole some of the hardest pin locations I've seen collectively. Uh, those grains can be difficult and there's a lot of highs in all of them and they put all those pins in little mountaintops where everything slopes away. I understand why they're doing it, you know, with limited wind and greens that were still, for the most part, receptive. Uh, it was, it was doable. Not that it was easy, but it was doable. It was a lot harder to make the putts though.
0: I asked afterwards and, and everyone laughed and looked at me and says, well, you're the reason for it. So going through the round before your round, looking at the pins, you, you knew exactly where they were and that um, you weren't going to take, take some of the pins on, you were going to really be um, sensible.
1: The stern test was clear to see, as many struggled to get out of the blocks.
2: Driver for Morikawa, he's got to take these two bunkers on the corner
4: of this dog leg right to left. Oh. The first five holes at Royal and George's are some of the toughest holes. And, you know, I knew if I was gonna come out even par for the entire week, um, I was gonna be doing something well. I think I had already played those one or two under before the weekend had started. So coming out two over, you know, I wasn't happy.
3: Three wood,
2: just a little hybrid for Murakawa.
4: I really don't get angry with my caddy too much. Um, I thought I hit a decent tee shot on five. And he said, "Good shot." And I was already flustered in my head. And I never get mad at him. I, I really keep a level head. Yeah, but is that like in the rough? Landed right above the the bunker, and I almost lost my my cool.
5: Well, obviously, he's not happy with that sort of situation. But he no, but I think
4: re- he's really close. To, he's really, really close to
5: falling back here. He has to be so careful. And he hacks one, and he did try to play, and he said a straight right. Four. Sorry, I had to shout four. They're almost out of bounds here in the right hand side up against the railing. Oh, there's a lot of goings on here, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, dramatic stuff to say the least.
4: You know, we talked it out on the next hole and I think through those five holes, I really learned a lot about myself, is that you know, it's okay to, to get mad, it's okay to get flustered, but you have to forget about it. You have to forgive yourself and you have to move on and that's exactly what I did. On
1: the upslope here.
4: So hole seven, and I hit one of the best three woods I could have hit all week. I think it was the best three wood. Hit it up, I was maybe 25, 30 feet, had an eagle putt, two of that for birdie, hit a quality golf shot on the next hole, make a putt from about, I think, 15, 20 feet. That kind of propelled the rest of the round and, and brought me back into the tournament and brought my head back into realizing, okay, this is what we're playing for. This We're playing at a major, we're playing for the Open Championship.
5: And the ball is on its way. Stays down, looks good, looks good, and in, in from Colin Morikawa. What a lovely putt! That really was
1: high class. Morikawa's open claim would be boosted with birdies on 13 and 14 to complement a bogey-free back nine. One group in front, the challenge from Jordan Spieth, was also gaining momentum.
2: For a three at the second to move alongside Morikawa, two off the lead. Yeah!
11: Wow,
5: what a birdie that is.
11: You know, watching him practice putting is like watching a fish practice swimming. This guy knows how to do it. When he
6: does what he does, he does things that cause you to shake your head and, and go, did, did did I just see that? Did Jordan just pull that off? Back and through, rolling to the hole, line goes, good, it's
5: in! Oh, yeah.
6: Jordan Spieth gets the 10-under. But sadly for Jordan, the thing that I remember is how many opportunities he had to make pods that wouldn't drop.
12: Jordan here has got a six-footer, breaking gently from right to left. He'd look to put this on about the right edge of the hole. He's shuffling his feet now. Ball's on its way. Is he gonna reach? Short on pace and misses on the low side. Taps it in with the back of his pedal. That was a disappointing bogey four after quite a poor bunker shot.
1: Despite two bogeys through 16, The Americans' three-under-pass score had pushed him into a three-way tie for the lead with Morikawa and Ushazen, the latter having dropped shots on 11 and 13. But there was still to be a sting in the tail on the final two holes for Spieth.
6: Always hit this knockdown little pitch runner. Get to the top, Jordan, and stay
10: there, stay. It's not holding. It's not holding. It's coming back down the slope. Yeah, I was frustrated. Uh, I would say when I look back now, I'm probably more frustrated than when it even happened. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of tried to bounce a wedge up and and didn't bounce up, and then I just got a little lazy on the 18th hole and, and three putted. Balls back and through.
12: No, my goodness, how careless! This feels like a time just to have a rest and regroup. Back in putt for bogey, and that drops. So careless three putt for Jordan Spieth drops
10: him back to minus nine. If it were a Sunday, you know, it would have certainly hurt more but I thought you know I had an opportunity to be in the final group and that was really what what hurt.
5: As Louis Station sets it on its way Louis watches it a little anxiously. Oh and this is even better. Oh listen to that roar. That's to about six maybe eight feet at most. So birdie opportunity on the 16th par three forward and in in from Louis Uusanen who retakes the lead on his own and goes
1: to 12 under par for the championship. Uusanen's birdie on the 16th had restored him to the top of the pack, but after that record-breaking 36 holes and a steady third round, his lead over Colin Morikara was just one shot. As the pair walked off the 18th green, you had to wonder which of them would be sleeping more comfortably that night.
6: My guess is, is that Louis was tasing at the end of that round was scratching his head and saying, here we go again. Because he had such a, a commanding position through 36 holes, that's only halfway through the tournament. Having said all that, and I don't mean to be callous with this, I wasn't really surprised. Uh, th- this is pretty much what I expected to happen. I expected the gap to, to narrow, uh, and that's precisely what took place.
4: Being one back, obviously you're not sleeping on that pressure of being the 54-hole leader. You obviously want to have that position because you want to be in the lead. You want to have as many shots and and be as low score as possible. But, you know, being one back, uh, waking up that next day, you're just ready to go out and attack. You know, I'm ready to go out and make birdies, ready to go um, and contend for another major.
1: Now, before we get the blow-by-blow account of how the 149th Open was won, there's someone I want to tell you about. With two amateurs having made the cut, the silver medal was on the line for the first time since 2018. Thanks to a record-equalling second-round score of 65, the man firmly in the driving seat was 23-year-old German Matthias Schmidt.
8: Playing alongside uh, Lee Westwood, who just picked up his eagle at seven, can Matthias Schmidt equal the feat? Yeah! Matches him, blow for blow. Both one under par for their rounds, both one under the card for the event. We were lucky enough to walk down the 18th and catch up with his dad. And the thing that really got my interest was meeting his brother, who was disabled, had to walk around 18 holes with crutches, which was incredibly impressive. Mateus didn't even look that, I guess, intimidated because walking down the fairways of the 18th hole was a big deal. You know, it's not your standard round of golf. You've got huge grandstands and you've got those clocks and that iconic scoring system. And, you know, it proved that that was his place. That was his home.
2: Come on, knock this in, young man. Lovely. Well done to Matthias Schmidt. Managed to make an eagle at the par five seventh drop shots on the guard, but that doesn't matter and as I say that is enough to secure him a silver medal for the leading amateur at the open
1: a week to remember for the young German as it was for his compatriot Marcel seam who had one last chance for a fist bump on 18. yeah it was amazing I was uh, it felt like winning the golf tournament to be honest they were so supportive
3: and um, carried me down the the fairway there I mean it was a, it was a great shot on the last last uh, last hole as well.
2: Seam for the closing birdie. <laughs> well, it's his first birdie today. And Marcel Seam has provided a lot of entertainment out there this week.
3: It's uh, The best players in the world uh, played there, and I finished 15th after the two, three years I had. Oh, um, it, was a, it was a big achievement for me. The memories I have uh, from all the photos, and um, one of the best weeks I've ever had in my, in my life. It was, it was awesome.
2: This is game number 39. On the tee from the USA, Colin Morikawa.
4: This is what we live for, this is what we love to do, and this is what gets us excited, winning major championships. There's nothing like it, it's hard to describe because that's something we've dreamt about for our entire lives. So, you know, going out and um, being one back, hitting a good drive down the the first hole um, to get things started um, is, is very exciting. Graham's will clear very quickly after these
5: two shots. Here it comes, Paul. And it
2: looks... It looks pretty good, Ron, as it always does from Colin Morikawa. On the tee from South Africa, Louis Station!
0: I mean, I was just calm and relaxed going into the Sunday. You know, the first few holes, a little tensed up, didn't, didn't eat really good shot.
5: Louis Station on the second pin cut on the right and he's missed it on the right and there's a little swale there and the ball has rolled down off the green into the swale on the right hand side.
2: This is downhill right to left for speed for his par. Vital. No.
10: That was pretty casual. The first six holes were not ideal Um, then I kind of thought man I may have taking myself out of the tournament. As
6: Jordan Spieth takes all that in and sends this one forth, he's not happy at all again. This one came up short and has found itself mired in one of those pot bunkers. So Jordan Spieth is struggling and he's got a real burden before him.
10: We got to the seventh tee and I told Michael, I, I was like, all right, we might not be in this tournament anymore. He's like, no, 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 hey, don't say it. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean like, let's just free roll now. Forget about the tournament. We're just going to free roll, and make as many birdies and eagles as possible. Jordan Spieth
12: with an eagle try here on the seventh green, moving ever so slightly from left to right. Ball's on its way, and he makes it. Much needed eagle putt for Jordan. Spieth moves to nine, under par for the tournament, back to level par for the round. And when that converted,
6: not only did the, the fans go crazy because here was Jordan Spieth seemingly doing Jordan Spieth things again, at the open, but Jordan went crazy, and I think Jordan embraced the fact that this was a change in the current of things, and it really felt that way out there.
1: Spieth was back on track, and within striking distance of the last two men on the course. So a
5: big putt now for Louis Oosthuizen on the fourth. Remember, he is the leader, and it's just gonna come up short and left of the hole. So he's gonna drop a shot.
11: It's for a share of the lead. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. He says he's going to drop one, the lead's going to be 11. Those players will be co-leaders.
4: Four was a crucial hold, me making up and down from the right side. That was a very bad lie. Not a great approach shot to put myself there, but I wouldn't say that was a turning point. I, th- I think the turning point was seven. When I made birdie, he made bogey. Hit an OK tee shot down the left side. Louie piped one down the middle. Um, I had hit first. I think I would hit it just up to the front edge and then he hit it into the right bunker and you know when you assume we're right near the green, par five you're going to assume both of us probably are going to make birdie.
2: Quite a lot of sand in the back of this bunker for who stays in here. This is not as easy as I thought walking up. Very easy to leave this Oh no, oh no, no. That was the danger, it just felt like a lot of sand in there, easy to duff it short. That one's up against the back edge of that bunker on the other side.
0: I caught the ball first and then I had a horrible line on, on the other bunker and and end up making a bogey, which, you know, that sort of changed a lot.
4: Tides have turned. I think I went from one down to now one up, you know, those were kind of the momentum shifts that I needed. Third shot on the par five sevenths.
5: And he's run it up to the pin. He's played it very well. He's waving it on. My goodness. Oh, well, that is stone, stone dead. And Colin Morikawa of the United States is about to take the lead in the Open Championship.
1: For the first time, Colin Morikawa enjoyed clear daylight in leading the Open. Two shots ahead of Oos and one more up on Spieth. Now, it was time for him to press the accelerator.
2: Back-to-back back birdies for Colin Morikawa. Seven and eight, and he extends his lead to three. From eight
6: feet for birdie at the ninth hole, Jordan Spieth trickles this up to the cup, and it drops! Jordan Spieth goes to 10 under. Every time he would gain an advantage, every time he would take a step forward, you had Colin Murakawa doing something exceptional behind us. For for the fans and for the players, even if there wasn't a scoreboard around, we knew that it was like a prize fight and one would land a heavy punch and then it would come back with, with another one. I'm kind of getting a chill
12: even recounting it with you. Ball's on its way, running, tracking towards the hole gathering and in Jordan Spieth with a birdie on number 10
5: Put of a round about 12 feet maybe rolls it left to right and in, in from Morikawa what a reply to Spieth's effort.
1: As Morikawa and Spieth matched each other with pass through 11 and 12, up ahead the roars of the galleries were growing louder and louder as another major champion was putting on a show
9: 1-1-5, second to 13 for John Rahm, it's a love wedge, is this going to spin, check, come on down, come on down baby, it's coming on down, he's no more than oh, three and a half feet away, that's all, tap that in, eagle the next, and you never know, but he
11: has to do that. Let's go to Rahm for birdie at 14.
2: And he makes
1: his birdie, two in a row for the Spaniard. It would be too little, too late for John Rahm but a memorable final round meant he left Royal St George's, tied for third place, and ranked as the number one player in the world. The championship, though, that was about to be decided.
12: Once he's over it, he's usually very quick, quick shuffle of his feet, looks at the hole, forward press, ball's on its way, moving down the green, and in, Jordan Spieth with another birdie on the back nine. Moves to 12 under par and in sole position of second place, only two shots back.
10: I've gone on runs at, at the Open Championship before, you know, that when I won it in 17, it was just a crazy run at the end. And so I'm always kind of feel like it, it, it can still be there. I just need one little spark and um, started to get it there on the 13th, 14th.
6: Drama and excitement out here at the par five 14th, where Jordan Spieth has eight feet to get the 13 under par. It is getting tight out here. Putt is on its way. Creeping in, yes!
4: Jordan Spieth, the 13-under. We've got a fight going on here. I don't think pressure is the word when you hear fans, you know, cheer for other people. I I think it's just part of what we do. As Morikawa and Ustazen mount the tee at the par 5-14.
2: Three would really just looking down the left.
4: So 14 hits, I believe my tee shot a little left. Laid up, pushed it as close as I could to the green, and I think my chip shot was a foot or two from staying up and, and being about six or seven feet rather than maybe 25. He doesn't want to over-hit this because it runs away after the hole. Up it goes, gets to the crest, and in! And in! Birdie
2: for Colin Morikawa. Oh, wow, what a putt that was. Oh, I tell you what, he is delighted with that,
5: as he should be, of course, but you could see, I mean, he was really pumped with that one.
4: To see it go in, those are the times you know that you know it's just one of those days. You know how are you going to be able to close it out? You're going to make putts like that. You're going to have shots like that. You just know.
10: And on a day like that, where guys are going to play really good golf, as Colin and, and Louie did, uh, you just got to be starting tied for the leader in the lead, so you can control your own destiny. But very proud of the way the last 12 holes went. Loved the fight, and um, it was a, it was another really solid week where um, I look to build on as we go forward here.
11: Jordan Spieth,
2: this is about the length he missed last night, so we'll be taking a little bit extra care. No mistakes this time.
1: Jordan Spieth went on to tidy up a round of 66, enough for second place outright. Behind him, Louis Oosthuizen, the man who had led from Thursday, would have to settle for tied third with Rahm.
5: One of the great moments in sport now, the finish of the Open Championship as they come down the 18th. Mm -hmm.
6: Here you had this young man who had asserted himself in this tournament in such a dramatic way and never really let up. Never never at any point did anybody feel, okay, here is where the, the weight of circumstance is starting to bear down on him. To be framed by the setting sun, to hear the seagulls off in the distance, to have the tens of thousands on site, he handled it like the champion that he is.
4: You know, you're trying to take in as much as you can, and thankfully I was able to hit the green knowing that, you know, if I just two-putted, three-putted even, I think I was gonna have the win.
5: But now, here comes Morikawa. Into the hole, and Colin Morikawa is the new Open champion, the 149th champion. Big hug for his caddy, warm handshake from Louis Oosthuizen. What a performance by Colin Morikawa. He's finished at 15 under par, now stands arms aloft in the sunshine, applauds the fans who have been so generous to him, Not a single blemish on his card, four birdies, what a performance, Colin Morikawa
4: is the new Open Champion. To look around and to hear the fans and and them all rooting you on and and I think just taking a deep breath and realizing, you know, look we just closed off our first Open Championship win, my second major, and um, it never gets old, it really doesn't.
8: You know, he always looks very comfortable. It looks like he's in his element. I could be wrong here, but I don't think he ever feels out of place. So when he's, yes, speaking at the winner's speech at Royal St. George's after winning his second major at such an early age, it's comfort for him. It's like, roll on the next one.
2: The winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Colin Morikawa.
4: This is by far one of the best moments of my life, to see everyone out here. Look at all these fans. Let's hear it for you guys. You guys have been amazing. I'm obviously very biased being from the US, but to see some of the best crowds I've ever seen out here, I look forward to making my trip every year and see you guys cheer us on. Thank you, guys.
6: I ended up showing up uh, at Heathrow to, to take the flight back. One of the cameramen that I worked with that week said to me that Colin had declared claret jug and that he was in fact on our flight. And that at first, they weren't going to let him bring the, the, the claret jug on the plane as a carry-on. I guess they weren't sure if it was going to fit up top, you know, where you keep your luggage. He was one row in front of me. He being the last row of first class, mine the first row of steerage. And I could see that, in fact, he did have the claret jug, and it was securely above him. We get off the plane, and and as you can appreciate, when you get off the plane and you have to go through customs, you generally have, have to walk quite a distance. And so he was walking through the airport with it. Here he is, the newly minted open champion. I can't even imagine how many messages were coming in on his mobile. He had no entourage with him. It was just Colin Morikawa coming home from Royal St. George's, dragging behind him in its protective case, the a chug through the airport. It was quite a scene.
4: It's got a great little travel case. I think everyone's seen it by now um, that you can bring it anywhere. You know, you can throw it on carry on on a flight and- It's awesome, you know. I think every day when I'm able to look at that and see my name against a bunch of Hall of Famers, careers, people that have influenced this game way more than I could even think about. um, You know, it's pretty cool to have my name there and uh, hopefully we could just add it a few more times.
1: That was the story of the 2021 Open, narrated by me, Jonathan Joseph. It was written and edited by Alistair Cresswell. The supporting producer was Chris Lewis. The exec producers were Paul Sutcliffe and Steve Tebb. Thanks for listening. This has been an original audio production from The Open.